so today's uh, reading is from James chapter 1, starting at verse 19. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry, because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and, after looking at himself, goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. Those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues deceive themselves and their religion is worthless. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. Hey everyone, I've got a question to start off. This is one of the questions that Ada just asked Anthea. Um, What what does your mum love? What do you do for her that's special on Mother's Day? How do you please her? Just yell out some answers to me. What what is it for your mum? Prepping her, getting breakfast for her? Yep, yep. What does your mum love? What, what do you love to do for her on Mother's Day? What does she appreciate? Flowers. Flowers. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, yeah. One more, maybe? No? Time, time. Excellent. Um, can I tell you what it is for my mum? My mum is not a breakfast in bed kind of person. In fact, if you did, she'd complain that they're just going to end up with crumbs in the bed. So um, instead, for my mum, if you got her a bag of cherry ripes... She was a happy woman. Or, or if it was really special, a golden ruff on the side as well. Maybe a cup of tea to wash it down. Um, and you know, to be honest with you, I'm very happy to give her every cherry ripe in the world because really, there's no such thing as a good cherry ripe, is there? I'm right, I'm right, aren't I? Yeah, you're all nodding in agreement, I see. Um, I, I say these are the things that mum loved getting on Mother's Day, but let's be honest, we all know that that's not really what pleases her, is it? Like, She's, she's far more happy if, you know, a, as kids, if we got along and left the house in peace and there wasn't squabbling constantly. And I reckon that's probably still pretty true. If, if the family's at peace, mum's happy. And of course, today we want to thank God for our mums. We want to say thanks to our mums. Um, we want to do the kind of things that, that please them. But today I'm going to more look about this question. What about God? And what is it that pleases him? Perhaps you think instinctively you've got a feel for what it is that pleases God. Perhaps you feel like you've got no idea at all what pleases God. But how, how do you do it? That's the kind of thing that James is writing about in our passage today. Uh, this term on Sundays and in our midweek community groups, we're going through James. It's a, a, a letter in part of the Bible. It's written by James. He's the brother of Jesus, a leader in the church in Jerusalem. He's writing to Jewish Christians who probably were all once in Jerusalem as well, but since then they've been scattered around the whole area. And James is talking about what pleases God. 
See, in verse 20, he, he talks about the righteousness that God desires. That is, what's the way that God wants us to live or not to live? And then further on in verse 26, he talks about worthless, worthless religion, people trying to please God but having no idea about how to do it. In, in this passage today, James isn't talking about what makes a person a Christian or not. We'll get there in a couple of weeks' time. He's talking about what pleases God, what, what, what does God love? It's kind of like with your mum, you know, with my mum, uh, I, just doing the things that please her does not make me her son. In fact, it's quite the opposite. I am her child. I am her son. I know how much she cares for, loves for, loves me, throws energy at me. And, and because I know that, that's why I want to please her. Similar thing going on here. Uh, it talks about doing certain things. Not that these things make you become a Christian, but because you are a follower of Jesus, you know how much God cares for, loves for, how much he does for you. Because you know those things, then, then, then well, I'll, just do, I'll want to do the things that please him, right? I want to know those things so that I can do them. So that's where we're headed today. And, and here's the first thing we see in our Bible passage for today. To please God, we need his word. To please God, we need his word. Uh, James starts out this passage with some really very kind of down-to-earth practical things. So verse 19, be quick to listen, slow to speak. Great wisdom there, right? Great wisdom. And then he also says, also be slow to become angry because human anger doesn't please God. It doesn't bring about a righteous life. And, and then he gets to really to the point in verse 21. Therefore, James says, therefore, because human anger does not produce the life that, please God, that pleases God, get rid of not just human anger, but get rid of all moral filth. Get rid of all the evil that's so prevalent. Get rid of all the things that don't please God. And instead, humbly accept the word, the word planted in you. It's kind of like where a, a garden uh, now, I've said this before. I'll put my hand up. I'll say it again. I am not much of a gardener. I can hack things out in the garden. I can use the big garden scissors and cut stuff down. But properly tending to a garden and keeping it growing, it's, it's not something that I'm kind of good at. My, our landlord should be very thankful that my wife, Pitt, really knows what she's doing there or else, well, there'd be no garden. I don't know much about the gardening, but here's something I, I do know. I think this is pretty clear and simple, right? When you make a garden... You want to get rid of the weeds and you want the garden to grow the seeds that you plant there. That's right. Surely I can get an amen on that. Everyone agrees like that's what, that's what you're trying to do in the garden, yes? That's kind of like what James is saying here. He says, get rid of the weeds. Get rid of the things, the stuff that doesn't please God. Weed it out and accept the thing that he's planted in you. Accept the word, his word, the Bible. The point is really clear, right? To please God, we need his word. You don't just please God by doing whatever it is that you feel like doing or by being like everyone else all around you. If you want to please God, you need his word. So this passage today, it's not written to people who aren't really sure about Jesus. You know, if that's you, that you're not really sure what to make of this whole Jesus thing, this passage today is not telling you 
look, just change the way you live and hopefully God will be happy with that. Maybe you can earn your way into God's good books. That's not what the passage is saying. If anything today, the Bible is telling you, why don't you open God's word, meet Jesus there and and check him out for yourself. See if this is really one you can entrust yourself to. Because this passage isn't telling you how to become a follower of Jesus. It's instructions for people who already are followers of Jesus. And it's reminding us God has planted his word in us. So accept it. Receive it. Ensure that it is part of your life. Because if you want to please God, and you do, right? Then you need his word. So, if you are a follower of Jesus, is it is is God's word part of your life? And is it regularly part of your life? That's the question that kind of the passage throws up for us today. And it doesn't have to look like, you know, the daily perfect 45, 30-minute quiet time where there's no interruptions, just you and God in the Bible and in prayer. I mean, there are, look, let's be honest, there are some stages in life, perhaps even a lot of stages in life, where that is just not possible. But that doesn't mean you can't have anything. You can still make God's word part of your life. So, like, 10 minutes is better than zero minutes, yes? Maybe for a while, if, if you're finding it hard to find time to read the Bible, maybe find time where you can listen to the Bible. Here's, I bought this app recently on my phone. Does anyone recognize that guy? Apparently, he's, um, he plays Hercule. I'm not going to murder this name, but Hercule Piraw. I don't know if I said that right. There you go. You can say it. I can't. Um, British, his name is David Suchet. He's a British actor. He plays this, this um, character on TV shows. A Christian man. And in this app, you can just spend a few bucks and you get it on your phone. He reads through the Bible. I, I bought it the other day and it's great. It helps you just listen to God's word more. Um, maybe if you're finding it hard to have time to read the Bible, maybe this is a great app for you too. Maybe you could make a plan to read through a part of the Bible with someone else. Um, this is the, the Bible app. If you just go and search Bible app on your phone, you'll come up with this app. It, it makes it really easy, actually, to find a plan that you can do with someone else. Uh, you just go in there, you, you, you find the plan that you want to do, help you read through the Bible, and you invite your friend to do it with you, and then you kind of do it together on, the, on, on your app on the phone. And it becomes then perhaps doing it, because you're doing it together, it becomes a habit in your life. And Look, those are just a couple of ideas. They're not, they're not everything. But, and they may not be the ones that work for you. Um, but, but what is it? Whatever it takes to have God's word in your life, that's what we want to do, right? Because to please God, we need to hear his word. There's something more to the second step. To please God, we don't just need his word, but we need to do what his word says. Right, this is the really clear thing from the passage today. Look at verse 22. James is again really clear. Verse 22. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Then in verse 23 and 24, James kind of shows how silly it would be just to be someone who hears the word and not do what it says. He says it would be like 
a man who sees himself in the mirror and goes away and forgets what he looks like. You know, you just imagine if, if I looked in the mirror and then walked away and told you, I have thick, luscious, black, curly hair. You would look at me and you'd say, you're crazy. And rightly so. It's, it's ridiculous. And James is saying that's the same thing here. That's how silly it is to read God's word and not do what it says. It's, it's very clear again in verse 25. Look at the verse on the screen there. It says, but... Whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they've heard, but doing it, they'll be blessed in what they do. Uh, you know, so it's, it's the doing of the word that's the key. They'll be blessed in what they do. But actually, here, James doesn't say the word, does he? he, he instead, he calls it the perfect law that gives freedom. Not because he means something different here. He's not telling us to go back to Old Testament laws where we sacrifice cows and that sorts of thing. He's still talking about the Bible in the way that we would read the Bible today. But he calls it law because what's the thing with a law? It means you do something, right? Laws are about doing something. And so it is when we read the Word of God. It's about doing something. It should change us. And the point, again, it's really clear. It's not just about hearing, but doing as well. To please God, we need to do what his word says. And I think we get this. This is a simple idea, right? So imagine for a moment, <clears throat> imagine for a moment you're going in for, for some kind of surgery, right? They're going to cut you open and fix you up, make you better. Say, maybe say they're going to fix your knee. Imagine you're in there, you're lying on the bed, they're kind of wheeling you in, you're about to come to the guy who makes you go to sleep, probably feeling a bit nervous at this stage. And at this point, imagine the doctor walks along, a young doctor, just kind of not long out of med school, and the doc says to you, hey, I've read, don't, don't worry, don't worry, I've read all the books on this surgery, I, I, I know heaps about how to do this operation I know what the books say to do. But, you know, I was just thinking as I was walking along here, I reckon we can try something different today, huh? Why don't, why don't we give it a go? And I was just, just between here and the Coke machine, I came up with a really new idea. I thought I'd give it a try on you. What, what would you do at that point? You, you, no! And getting up and running out of there. Because it's one of those situations where it's not just enough to know what the books say. You want the doc to do what it says too. And James is saying that that's what it's like in, when it comes to pleasing God, right? It, it, it's about more than just knowing what the Bible says. It's about doing it too. Because here's the thing. God doesn't just give us his word so that we'd have more information. God gives us his word so that we would have transformation. Not mere information. It's about transformation. He wants us to change and change for the better. That's why he says, if you notice in verse 22, uh, to, if you just hear the word and you don't change, that's deception. It's, it's self-deception. I realized this week that I am very capable of self-deception. Uh, let me explain to you. I grew up in New South Wales. Uh, and so as I was growing up, my dad had me watching NRL. Um, and this is my team here. This is my team, the Newcastle Knights. There they are. In 2001, they won the competition. They were the premiers. And ever since then, I've been deceiving myself. Ever since then, I've thought, every year comes around, I thought, you know what? 
this could be our year again. And every year it's been deception and disappointment. So at the beginning of this year, I thought, nah, let's just not have high hopes. Just anything, any little game that we're going to be fine. And then we won our first two games. After the second round of the competition, guess who was at the top of the table? The Mighty Knights. Maybe they can do it again this year. It's now been eight rounds of the competition. They won the first two. They lost their first six. And now they sit right at the bottom of the table. Total self-deception. Now, that's a silly little example, right? But self-deception is a horrible thing in real life. And James says, that's what you're doing to yourself. If you think that, it, that simply listening to God's word is all he wants from you, that is self-deception. Because to please God, we need to do what his word says. Remember, God has given us his word, not just so that we can have information, but so there can be transformation in our lives. And in fact, in, in the passage, you'll notice, James goes on to talk about, if you give a couple of examples of this, of how, of how the word will transform us. So in verse 26, it talks about transforming the way that we speak. Because uh, what we say matters, and so we don't want to be flippant with our tongues, and in fact, we want to be self-controlled in what we say. And in fact, there's going to be more on that in three weeks' time. And, and also in verse 27, then, James says, uh, we, if we want to do what the Word says, it's going to transform the way we care for people. We won't just care for people who we love and appreciate and who we think we can get stuff back from. In fact, no, we'll care for those who are in need, who are in distress, even when that's hard and, and tricky. More on that in uh, next week and the week after. And then actually later on in verse 27, if we want to do what the Word says, it's going to transform the way that we view the world as well. We won't just soak up everything from the world. In fact, James says we're going to stand out from our society. Doing what God says will make us different. Again, more on that in a couple of weeks' time. You see, God hasn't given us his word merely for information. It's about transformation. See, it's impossible to read this passage today and walk away thinking, I know what God says. And, you know, that's enough, isn't it? I don't, I don't really need to do what it says. That, that's, that's just really just a secondary thing. That's just an added bonus if you want. And to think that would be self-deception. God has spoken to us so that we would do what it says. In my family, we've got two kids. There they are. Two lovely little angels, right? There's Eva. She's five and a half. There's Isaac. He's nearly three. And of course, they never step out of line. They're just they're perfect little wonders. Not them. And if you believe me at that point, well... We've already talked about self-deception, haven't we? Um, there are moments when I find myself, Eve is here, she will attest to this, I find myself saying, kids, listen. I've told you not to do that. Listen to your dad. <laughs> she laughs. Yeah. Of course, they have listened, haven't they? They have listened. The pro- they know what I've said. The problem is they're not doing what I've said. 
They're not doing what they've been asked to do. And I reckon as a parent, this is the one thing that really gets under my skin. frustrates me now. And if only they'd listen. If only they'd do what I've asked them to do. Things would be so much more simpler for them and for me. So this week, as I've been thinking about today's passage, you know what's hit me? That, that I'm my kids. Um, how often has my heavenly father told me what to do, show me what to do or what not to do. And I've heard him, but I haven't done what he's asked. I've thought, you know, that doesn't really matter, does it? I can just skip that bit or, you know, there's good reasons for me not to do that or you know, I make up some, some other excuse, which is, which is really just that, just an excuse, right? To please God... We need to do what his word says. So before I finish up, let me just spend a couple of minutes reflecting on that. Right? How, how do we make sure we're going to not just hear the word, but do what the word says? Here's a few ideas for us. No doubt there's other things you could do, and um, you might even want to do other things. But here's just a couple of ideas, and I'm really indebted to Ada, who helped me think this through a bit earlier in the week. Um, some, some ideas. How do you make sure you're not just hearing the word, but doing what it says? Well, each time you read the Bible, have some time to, ref- to, to, to not just read, but to reflect on what you're, think- what you're reading. To, to think about what it means for you and what it means for you to put it into practice. What it means for you to do it. You know, ask questions like, how does reading this change me? How does reading this encourage me to keep living for Jesus? Don't just read the Bible, but, but give yourself time to reflect on it too. And in fact, maybe, here's another idea, maybe you could write stuff down. Like, you know, after you've read the Bible and you think about, reflected, this is what it means for me, maybe write that down. Um, That way it's going to, firstly, it's going to help you remember it more easily because you've gone through the process of writing it down. But but it also means that later you can come back and, and, and you can really quickly remind yourself of what you wanted to do because of what the Bible said. Here's another idea. Pray over what you've read. Not, not just asking God's help for you to understand his word, but, but ask that he would empower you to, to do what it says. That he'd ask, you to, ask him to empower you to do what it says, even when it's tricky and when you're going to find it hard. Pray to God and ask God, because you know what? God actually wants this for your life too. This isn't just you who, who wants it for your life to please him. God wants you to do it to ask him for help. Maybe you could talk to someone. Here's another talk to someone. That's another idea. Maybe you could just kind of have a friend that you trust, and every week or fortnight or month you catch up and you talk about what you've been reading in the Bible and what you think the Bible is telling you to do, how it's changing you. Maybe you could even hold one another accountable. You could say, hey, um, uh, can you check up on me and ask me, Um, here's the change I want to make. Make sure you ask me each time we meet up, are you doing it? I think that's just a few ideas. Maybe some of them helpful, maybe maybe some of them aren't. But we don't just want to do this with the with the parts of the Bible that we're reading on our own, do we? Uh, But this is what we want to do with all the Bible that we read, you know, here on Sundays and in our community groups as well. It's part of the reason actually why we try to do similar things on Sunday to our midweek community groups. Because 
the, the more you hear something, the more it then is able to sink in and, and the more chance we have of um, hearing not just what God says, but what he wants us to do. Actually, as a church, we want to model this for you. We want to make sure um, that God's word isn't merely taken for information, but for transformation. So here's what I want to say to you then. Every time I'm up here on a Sunday, I want to make sure, I'm not just helping us understand what the passage says. I want to make sure we're talking about how we do what it says as well. So if that doesn't happen, you've got my permission to come up at any point, and tap me on the shoulder and say, Hey, Scott, you said we'd talk about how to do it, and you're not doing that. Lift up your game. You've got my permission. Come and tell me. I'm ready to listen to that. And, and actually, same with our community groups too. We had a, um, on Wednesday night, our community group leaders got together, and we actually talked a little bit about this passage we've been reading today. And I, said to, I told them, I'm going to tell you this, so they're ready. In your community groups... If you aren't discussing how to live out what the Bible says, you have my permission and their permission to tap your community group leaders on the shoulder and say, hey, can we talk about some application-y kind of stuff a bit more often? I think your community group leaders do a great job, and I'm sure you love them too. And in fact, all of them, on, on, when we met on Wednesday night, we, we all agree we, wanted to, we want to do this because that's what the word is there for. Not just to, to hear it, but to do what it says. God has spoken to us. Not simply so we can have some more information to fill up our heads with. God has spoken to us so that we might be transformed by what he says. I hope you do something nice for your mum today. Um, I mean, it's good to do every day, right? But especially today. And it, it's actually really a nice thing to be able to do that for someone, isn't it? For someone that you love to be able to do the things that please them. So how good is this, right? There's a God who made you, who sustains you, who knows you. There's a God who redeems you, rescues you, and he speaks to you. This is the God that you can please with your life. How? Listen to his word and do what it says. Let's be that church, right? One that listens to God and then seeks to do what he says. Let's be that church. Let me pray for us and ask God that he would help us do that. Let's pray. Our God in heaven, we thank you. We thank you that you speak and we thank you that we have your word to us. Please help us hear you in our lives, together on Sundays, in our community groups. And please, God, help us not just hear you, but help us do what you say. In Jesus' name, amen.